Welcome to Trailer Therapy, a podcast about trailers, media, and entertainment, hosted by your two best frenemies. Hey, I'm your host, Brian Wynn, along with my fellow host, Brian McKinney. Hey, I'm Brian McKinney, and welcome to Trailer Therapy, episode number four. It's episode four, man. I had to look through these outlines and be like, oh, we got to episode four. We've done so many episodes that we have to revert to notes to figure out where we are. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. We haven't been canceled yet. <laughs> no, still going strong. It's uh, yeah, it's it's been like almost two weeks since we've recorded an episode because we did one right before we posted the last one because I was yeah. going away um, for a couple weeks for vacation and a trip to Los Angeles where I don't live, yeah. but you do live. Yes, and you know what? I'm glad at least I got to see you once <laughs> of the two times we planned our visits. Yes, you know, yeah, it's the yeah. two, the two. And uh, yeah, man, uh, other than that, I was wondering when we were going to record and when we were going to you know, get time to do this. And I wanted to make sure on our end that we're, you know, getting these out there and um, full shout out to you for just keeping us just just keeping this train moving and making sure it's just going at the pace that it should. So I really appreciate it because uh, you're 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 really grinding hard on this. and I, I really appreciate you. Hey, we both have a lot of things to do, but I, I, I know that if we start pushing episodes, if episode four comes out two days late, then, you know, we're just <laughs> starting a trend for ourselves that we don't want to. Oh, yeah. No, totally. I totally, man. It's like, uh, it's like uh, you know, it's like my uh, mortgage or something like that. They like tell you it's due on the first, but you have it all the way until the 15th to, to pay. And I'm in my head, I'm always like, man, if I ever pay on the 15th, then the following month and everything like that is just going to get pushed out further and further. So I do every, I try to get everything done. I'm going to report this to your credit agencies if, <laughs> if we go a day late. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's good to see you this week. We only get to see each other a couple times a year. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun. We went to the Hollywood Bowl and saw some bands play music from um, 20 years ago. Yeah, so uh, I kept saying something at the show, and everyone kept laughing it off, but I was like dead serious, and I didn't realize until I was walking out of the show, because I didn't see the marquee. I didn't see any of that. I the My experience with the show is basically you telling me, hey, we're going to the show, so-and-so is playing. I'm like, okay, and I went, <laughs> right? So I kept saying, when's Snow Patrol coming on? <laughs> <laughs> and everyone thought I was joking. So Death Cab for Cutie played. And as soon as they left, they came back on set. I'm like, wait, is he playing more? Like, is he playing more Death Cab stuff? And is then he in Snow Patrol? <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's dude. Okay. So I was like, wait, is this Snow Patrol? Like, where's Chasing Cars? <laughs> and then I heard the song from Postal Service. I'm like, oh, maybe he's like playing Postal Service stuff too. And then I was looking at my watch. I was like, man. When's Snow Patrol coming on? It was already like 10.30. And I'm like, where are they coming on? And then, uh, you know, uh, I left because I was trying to beat the traffic out. <laughs> and then I looked at the marquee and the t-shirts. I'm like, wait, Snow Patrol's not in these? Like, it was literally Death Cab for Cutie and then uh, Postal Service. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. So I was never going to hear Chasing Cars or Lightning Strike, you know? So, yeah, it was uh, it was a really good night, man. We got uh, you know, um, I got pizza. I know I saw you get the sushi, and then I was just drinking wine. I had like three glasses of wine, and then I was just sitting there, my legs up, watching. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was really good times, and uh, uh, it it was uh, good to kind of ignore like all the phone calls I was getting for a few hours. So, nice. uh, 
you know, I feel like I definitely paid the karmic price for it for the rest of the week. But like, yeah, it's uh, it was a really, really good show. And I really appreciate you bringing us out there. Yeah, it was fun. A lot of fun. And then the next night uh, was the composer meetup that we organized a few weeks ago. Yes. Or Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, you were busy. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, it's always really funny because like in. I always have plans to leave, but the thing is, like, with my setup and everything, it's really hands-on whenever someone wants to, whether it's a Zoom or a phone call or there's a fire or something like that. And It's not something you can do from your phone at a bar. Oh, yeah, it's different, especially if it's a client that's like, hey, I need you to hear this. Hey, you know what? I want you to, like, imagine this, and they sit and they talk for it for, like, 20, 30 minutes or something, and then I'm sitting there absorbing it. And then after that, you're trying to translate everything that's said to a brief. And then you want to get the composer that you want on it. And then you finish that whole process. It's like 45 minutes to an hour. And then you get up and then there's another one and there's another one. And I think I was I was messaging you in real time because I'm like, all right, I'm getting ready to leave. And then I'm like, oh, never mind. This is, this is happening. Oh, I'm getting ready to leave. Oh, nope, this is happening. So uh, it happens from time to time. Yeah, we've and- all been there. I've, I've had to do that before driving cross country with my family where I'm like, Oh, yeah. time to pull over. You need to drive now. And, uh, I need to get on my computer and start taking yeah. phone calls. So yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because like I could have easily driven to uh, Hollywood bowl, but, uh, I, I chose just to Uber there just so that I can be uh, working the entire time there just mm. because it was prior to seven anyways. Um, and that's just, been my general route anytime like i have to take like meetings or something like that i'm usually just on the back seat just so that i can like you know have my full attention on certain projects and stuff because i do feel like sometimes clients do really understand when you know you do have other things to do but sure. at the same time if they're trusting you with a project it's like you want to give it your 100 percent like attention so it's like in that regard it's always hard because i you know i've seen these composers every single year for all these meetups and stuff and i really you know, I'm really glad that you want you had the gumption to want to bring it back because we went a couple of years without it because of COVID. Um, but then, you know, it was uh, it was it was it was just unfortunate. I'm I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that uh, the rest of our team, like David Yusefi and uh, Paige, went out there and said hi to everyone, and you know, just generally just to keep contact and stuff. I wish I could have done it, and it sounds like everyone had a great time. And honestly, it sounded like it got busier and busier and busier. Yeah, it was a great turnout. A lot of people from all over. People were coming in from uh, Europe and the United States, all around, yeah. flying in, spending some time, seeing the sites, meeting up with some fellow composers, and uh, yeah. there are a couple publishers like you and me, and a couple other people there. Yeah, yeah. I'll throw this out there. Any anyone that traveled internationally and uh, didn't and had any questions for me and wanted to talk to me, um, I fully invite you to reach out to me, and we'll do like an hour Zoom. And me and you can chit chat between me and you one on one about anything you need to. Uh, again, super sorry for missing it out, but I'm really glad that you were there to hold down the fort. At least one of us was there. It was very uh, great Gatsby of me setting up an event I just didn't go to. Well, you know what? That's the trailer business. Um, so I think we all understand that. And I don't think yeah. anyone could possibly hold that against you. So I hope not. Because, <laughs> you know, I think a lot of guys would, or girl, gals or whoever would, like to have been in that situation um, that night where they were working on a custom for a big trailer or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So like, um, yeah. And there were some people that went to that event. I'm like, hmm, what time are they going to go home? Because they have notes. (laughs) 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 
there were a lot of trailers that came out this past uh, week or two. And in our absence, in between episode three and four, there's, you know, my wife actually brought it up. She's like, man, you guys do a weekly episode. Are there a lot of trailers that come out every week? I'm like, as of now, yeah, because you have all the streaming services. You have all the indie companies. You have companies like Neon making trailers, and they actually get a lot more steam than they, you know, than they used to. Sure. So, you know, overall, it's uh, there's some really interesting stuff with some of the releases that came out um, that we're gonna just you know roll into soon right now. Yeah, I mean, I there's a lot of trailers. A lot of them are very small, and a lot of them are kind of bigger. And I think what we're trying to do is find ones that appeal to multiple people. Um, from different studios, different genres, different, you know, different size projects. So we're not just only doing the biggest trailers. Exactly. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think what's interesting about our lineup of trailers here is the implications that they have overall and in terms of like for on the custom side or even on the catalog side that even if you're landing these like indie projects or smaller studio projects that these projects end up getting a lot of recognition and all these projects end up growing in size. I feel like some of these trailers I saw more coverage of on news media outlets than some of the bigger trailers I've seen, you know? So I had a chance to, you know, just do a refresher and catch up on all this stuff. And um, yeah, let's roll right into it. Yeah. What do we got first? So the first trailer that, I thought was really well done, and I thought it was an A24 film, but was not, was Saltburn. It's got that vibe. It's got that A24 <laughs> vibe for sure, um, yeah. which is a testament to how, uh, you know, how A24 is kind of setting the trends and, and, you know, setting styles and people are taking note. Yeah, no, it's uh, watching this trailer, it gave me such strong A24 vibes that I wonder if that was what they were aiming for, you know, in terms of what studio to buy this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times, sure, they will uh, create their project and then shop them down the road, yeah. go to film festivals and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, I can't, I, I don't know, I don't know the name of the main actor, but every time I've seen him in a project, whether it was Green Knight or even movies I can't like pronounce the Eternal- his name. Barry Kogan? Kyo- oh, He's, yeah, yeah. He was the the Joker in the deleted scene from the Batman. Yes. And I think he's a great actor that hasn't been given uh, a genuine shot of being a lead. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw him in, uh, even in, in movies that, you know, like Marvel's The Eternal. I thought he was the most fascinating character. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a true testament to his acting. But then I loved him in Green Knight. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's great. And man, it's interesting because that movie trailer was one cue from beginning to end. And it does, it breaks a lot of rules where it, you know, it plays in there. And it's hard because it's a four, four on the floor type song. But uh, it's done really well. It evolves, it deconstructs, it comes in. Uh, it was music by Acid Music. Uh, I think the name of the song is Antlers, mm. which is, you know, appropriate because the last shot mm-hmm. is literally him with Antlers, like a Fallout Boy music video. But uh, it's it's a really, really good one. I think it's just the right amount of, like, trashy for me. And then when it actually comes in with all the, like, cinematic elements at the very last 20, 30 seconds, I feel like it resonates really well. And then it rolls right – and then it's able to roll right back in for main title – just fantastic 
Yeah, that one's uh, directed by Emerald Fennel, who did Promising Young Woman, um, mm. which that was a really excellent trailer a few years ago that used the uh, Britney Spears, right? Yeah, yeah. Pro- uh, Promising Young Woman was a trailer that used, I believe, Toxic yeah. by Britney Spears. It was like a, like a violin. Yeah, it was like a Baroque style yeah. of it. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was cut by Bond, and the music custom was done by Gothic Storm. That's what I remember. So, remember it was a really good trailer. I remember my niece said it's her favorite movie ever, and it was based on that trailer. So, there you go. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Saltburn was also cut by Grandson. So, shout out. <laughs> This, this next trailer is one that you had a hand in. And, you know, this isn't necessarily a platform for us to amplify ourselves. But when we work on awesome stuff that, you know, is high profile, there's no point in pretending that it doesn't exist. And I'm talking about Monarch Legacy of Monsters, which is oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. an Apple Plus project. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, um, worked on it with Wildcard, and uh, it was it was a really interesting process that, you know, we will, we'll try not to dig too deep on, but uh, it was another one of those kind of projects where it kind of blended a custom that we had done previously before by Nina Simone, uh, New World Order, mm-hmm. um, with, um, and then when we watched the final trip, we're like, oh, there's another song in this also, so we found out who was the... Uh, Ninja Tracks and Us, and there were probably a lot of indications while we were working on it, like, oh, can we change the BPM, or can we change the key, or something <laughs> like that? And my gut instinct when we work on something like that is like, oh, it's it's being combined with something. So, uh, lo and behold, um, it was a great one, but like, what's interesting about this project is it's legendary, you know? Yeah. It's a legendary project, and um, it's no longer, like, I guess, exclusive with Warner Brothers, so... Which we're talking uh, Godzilla, Kong, all yeah. those big, you know, uh, Warner Brothers monster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, Legendary has a lot. They even have, what, Pokemon? They have the Detective Pikachu. Mm-hmm. They have this. They have uh, Legendary has gone out of its way a lot of times to really like look into like these video game IPs. I think Legendary, correct me if I'm wrong, also did Pacific Rim, right? I'd have to look it up, but yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Anytime I see Legendary, I know it's going to be something that I personally enjoy because I've got that style, that taste of, you know, sci-fi yeah. video game. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the World of Warcraft movie. I know that was Legendary, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's interesting because now they are not beholden to just being on Warner Brother projects anymore or like having that exclusivity for their uh, studio. So uh, seeing an Apple trailer, seeing them, sort of just lean into it every thumbnail every every beautiful shot is just like you know exactly what it is but this is really the year of godzilla also not to mention we we do have another godzilla and kong uh, movie coming out but then we also have godzilla minus one that's coming out that's a direct sequel to the original you know canon of the story is that anime or is that live Um, action i think it's live action but it's uh but it's completely uh in japanese Ah, so gotcha yeah so you know it's it's cool so they uh they're very ambitious with this one they put season one right on it because boom we're gonna get season two baby (laughs) it's it's kurt russell and his son wyatt russell playing uh, the same character 50 years apart i always think that's really interesting and you know kurt russell's great i'm getting some of those like vibes of um like the thing 
where yeah. it's just like you know government cover-ups and aliens and monsters and yeah it looks cool yeah I- yeah, I think it's a subversive way to kind of look at this kaiju type project or something mm-hmm. where it's not just focused on the destruction and not just focused on um, the giant monster, albeit that's the big draw for people. Um, but, you know, there this trailer does a really good job assuaging any sort of doubt for this kind of campaign to work. One, it's a TV show. A lot of the times people think that TV shows kind of stretch the budget so the characters might not look as good CGI wise. Also pacing and story, but I think that Apple has done a really good job over the last couple of years doing this stuff. So I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I think it's going to be more of like what I was hoping um, we'd get from Jurassic Park, the last one where the dinosaurs yes. were on, you know, on the mainland. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm feeling like if they had been able to do that with a series and have more of that, you know, personal inner interaction with smaller scale monsters yeah and i I think that um where this shines and where uh, jurassic world might not have is the fact that it's not leaning too hard on just the nostalgia of the ip but it's really just leaning on the the identifying markers that you have for this character like you obviously know what this monster is so let's let's dive into maybe the lore behind everything else you know so yeah like skull island was where that started to be really awesome yeah, no, definitely. Um, and hey, there you go. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. yeah, exciting. So third trailer, the third trailer that we're talking about is Ferrari, a neon trailer that's also wild card. They've been busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A day where they're not dropping trailers, we should just give them a call and see if they're doing okay. <laughs> yeah, go over bringing some chicken soup. Uh, <laughs> this, this one's uh, a Michael Mann yep. movie. With Adam Driver, yeah. Penelope Cruz. Uh, it's a period yeah. piece. We love period pieces. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's another split um, publisher thing. Uh, first half is a, a pusher cube. Oh, um, okay. I know Phoenician was on it. I didn't realize. Yeah, well. and then the back half of this is Phoenician, and uh, it was cut by the owner of Wildcard himself, Nick Temple. Nice. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it... It kind of gives me uh, PTSD from uh, 4v Ferrari and just movies uh, around the same kind of realm and stuff. Yeah, but it's I almost funny. turned on Rush last night. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> and I watched Days of Thunder on the airplane, but you know, Rush. But um, yeah, but it's interesting to see a studio like Neon that probably has a fraction of the budget for a project produce a movie that you know when it came time for a trailer looks just as good (laughs) it's good like yeah no i just watched it again this morning and i really enjoy this trailer um it's a great platform for adam driver to showcase some of his different style acting and uh the whole the story's interesting you know everyone loves a ferrari yeah no him playing enzo ferrari is it's a choice but i like it uh it's funny it's funny because uh I feel like I'm learning so much more this past couple of years of how certain companies are coming to be from movies than I've ever learned before. Like with uh, Air Jordans, with uh, oh, yeah. now this, you know, just it's, 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 it's definitely interesting to see the inner workings at play to like giant legacy products and stuff. And I think that it's always a big thing. I think the first one I've seen that's kind of like that was the founder and it was like McDonald's. Yeah. So um, yeah, uh, I'm super stoked to see it. I think it, uh, I think 
it does such a good job uh, getting the point across on what we're going to be seeing. And I think that, uh, yeah, it's a trailer to definitely look for. And I feel like Neon hit a home run with this trailer and they're promoting the hell out of it. Yeah, I hope it does really well. I, uh, we, you know, I want to see Adam Driver get yeah. get some respect. I, 65 was a fun movie. I just think people were expecting too much from, a, you know, a sci-fi action popcorn film. Yeah, you know, like I looked at when I saw 65, I had a lot of fun with it, actually. And I, I had a lot of fun watching it. My kids liked it, it was, as well. I mean, it was, you know, it covered the bases for who was going to be interested in it. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree. It was uh, it was one of those uh, campaigns that uh, didn't try to do the whole grand scale of like a movie. So the campaign itself was very like dialed down just to kind of manage your expectations of the movie. It's just going to be a fun movie. You get Kylo Ren killing dinosaurs, you know, like that's it, you know, and uh, I had a good time because that's exactly what I was expecting. It's, exactly. I expect as much of 65 as I did of Riddick, you know. Yeah, another great sci-fi movie. As long as you know what you're going in for. Exactly. Like I'm not, yeah, I'm not going for John Carter, yeah, <laughs> or like, uh, or you know, what was it, Valerian House of a Thousand Cities or something, you exactly. know, Planet of a Thousand Cities. So, um, but yeah, I love Adam Driver. You know, a lot of people might hate him, you know, his portrayal of Kylo Ren and yada yada. But I've really liked him in anything. I saw White Noise recently mm. on Netflix, and that was, you know, it was just him. <laughs> that the other one that I like is the the zombie one with. Uh... Bill Murray. I forget what that was. Oh, yeah. Zombieland? No, 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 no. It's (laughs) (laughs) him and Bill Murray play like small town cops. And there's a zombie outbreak. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what's the name of the movie. I remember seeing the trailer. I don't think I've seen the movie. Oh, you should watch the movie. I was going to watch it with my kids this weekend. All right. Well, definitely link me it. So I'll. uh... The the dead don't die. Ah, yes, yes. You know what I've been watching lately? Hit me. Aside from One Piece. <laughs> I've been watching uh, The Fall of the House of Usher. Okay. Have you seen it? I haven't. I just watched a trailer for it. Yeah. It's uh, Flanagan's last Netflix project mm-hmm. before he sets up shop at Amazon. And I think, uh, one, that move's going to be great for him. But two, I love Flanagan horrors. Um, Midnight Mass, Haunting of Hill House, Bly Manor, Midnight Club. I've seen them all. So far, this show is like just below Haunting of Hill House, which is like the king. And I'm on episode like three or four right now. And it's just fantastic. It is so good. It might be a little, um, I don't know if your kids can watch it, but you you can watch it. (laughs) I'll, I'll definitely watch it. The other ones I would say that like, geared towards uh, a teenager and a kid would be like midnight club just because it's like very light and it's based on around teenagers and stuff like that. So it's a little bit easier to digest and it's kind of like pseudo horror, but this one gets a little, um, I would say explicit. (laughs) Mm, Okay. Lots of blood. (laughs) Um, but yeah, man. Um, yeah, I've been, I've been watching the, uh, Tom Clancy series on Amazon. I, I was I was in season three, and it just was getting really convoluted with all the Russian stuff. And it's like if you're not paying attention every second, you've, you're totally lost. So I just went back yeah. to that, finished that up, and now I'm in the middle of season four. Is it called Tom Clancy's? 
It's called uh, Tom Clancy's, what's it called? Tom, Jack Ryan, I'm sorry. It's Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. It's, uh, what's his name? John it's Krasinski. a guy from, uh, yeah, yeah, Krasinski. I saw the first couple episodes, and I thought it was really good. I don't know why I stopped watching. It's always harder for me just to, I think the last sort of, what, militaristic type film that's very government based would be what reacher <laughs> yeah yeah it's definitely got reacher vibes um you know it's it's another one of those if you're familiar with all the um clear and present danger and all you know the harrison ford yeah he, he yeah. was jack ryan and then you know there's been uh, ben affleck was jack ryan in one um yeah there's been a lot of different ones over the years but this one's really cool it's kind of puts them back down on a level playing field and then builds them up from the ground um yeah it's definitely worth checking out i think the nice. fourth and final season just came out earlier this year damn you know a movie i just watched on last was like a few days ago and i got halfway through it and i knew exactly what the rest of it was gonna be and i was just like okay cool i'll watch this later um fast 10 <laughs> oh, i love the fast movies i'm just i have a soft spot for the ridiculous Oh, me too. And it's funny because I know that sometimes some clients might not be so hyped to talk about some some of these campaigns. They're like, oh, this project might be coming in. And I'm like, oh, man, I love them. You know, meathead type blockbusters. Yeah, yeah. I feel like is a strength in terms of what we work on. And I'm just like, I love them from a hype standpoint. And I uh, really, really like those movies. And I saw someone compare Fast and Furious movies to anime and I completely sure. understand it and I completely get it. And it's it makes sense, man. Vin Diesel's a huge anime fan. He does all these things. And of course, his movies are going to be very geared towards that kind of demographic without being too on the nose about it. But it's, it's pretty wild, man. Riddick himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I went to Halloween Horror Nights last weekend and oh yeah in orlando florida and the the chucky house was in the uh fast and furious area of of universal so you had to walk through <laughs> vin's garage to get to the chucky stuff it was pretty funny family man <laughs> but yeah i had a lot of fun there um the last of us house was my favorite i dressed up with my kid and we went as joel and ellie joel i last saw of us. I saw I saw the photos and you guys look great. <laughs> you Thanks. you you committed so hard to the role that you even cut off your hair. I cut yeah I cut like ten inches off my hair and now I'm just an old man with short hair. Yeah, it's okay. You look great. If anything, you look even taller now when I see you in person. My hair poofs <laughs> up instead of slicks down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I purposely wore boots that day just so that I can like get closer, but then it still looked like you were still taller than me. <laughs> Hey man, what can I say? I'm a tall dude. <laughs> I was trying to match you, but that not day, that tall. So that, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're you're right on the cuffs of being just like a giant, you know. But like you're right below that, so you're just a tall guy, but you're not the really tall, the really guy. tall guy. Yeah, I I live around Purdue University, and um, a little while back, I was walking home from dinner, and I walked past um, Zach Eady, who is like seven foot <laughs> something, seven four, I think. <laughs> He's the singer. Yeah. Oh my God. I felt like a little teeny tiny man next to that giant. He blotted out the sun. 
Yeah. Well, you know, I, you know, I, I feel like I'm a pretty tall guy, and you know, I'm surrounded by my kid and my wife. My wife's like five three, <laughs> you know. So I, I feel like a giant at home, and then I, you know, it's always very humbling to see you. <laughs> I feel the same way about a lot of different people. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the water, man. Something in the in the what Florida water. <laughs> I'm not from Florida. Oh well, yeah, you're there now. I in my brain, you grew like six inches in the last year. I got taller <laughs> from drinking. Yeah, there's no fluoride. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man. Um, it's uh, it's another great week in trailers, and I think that. This is a good indicator with the writer's strike uh, clearing up that productions, oh, well, at least screenplays will start moving up again. And then um, once that SAG strikes over, then we can uh, get back to what we're getting back to, man. Because right now, everyone's just sort of relying on post products right now, aside from the exceptions and the interim exceptions of A24, yeah. some indie studios and stuff, and stuff like your, uh, everyone's just kind of. Working off a uh, a pot that's filled to the brim of post stuff, but eventually it's not going to be there. Yeah, there's going to be a weird little period where stuff dries up. But, you know, like just before the strike happened, I know a lot of um, studios and projects were filming stuff just so they could get trailers out before the strike yeah. happened. Um, so maybe they'll rush a bunch of stuff like that, Get you know, get the cast together to, to film some little scenes to throw out for do some teasers to make up for that period that we're going to be in between. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, no, definitely. I remember during COVID they would film literally teasers with like 20% of the footage recorded, you know, everything was mm-hmm. like early pre's. They were cutting trailers with dailies and stuff. So animatics and yeah, you never know. <laughs> you never know, man. It could, you know, it could bring out some really interesting things too. Um, Maybe, you know, doing some animated style trailers for live action stuff, you know, maybe we'll see some really weird. Oh, I never even, I never even thought about that because they're like, totally like imagine if, because like we get graphic reveals, we get graphic reveal uh, teasers and trailers. Imagine they just took a step further and they did like an animation prologue and that was the trailer, you know, like. Let's do it. Yeah. Sign us up. All right, so for the topic this week, we're still in October, so we're trying to stick with a spooky season theme. So we thought what we would do this week is actually listen to a cue live on pod and kind of go through it and dissect it, okay? Uh, I don't think Brian's ever heard this, but it is actually one that I co-wrote with Joe Totino um, for one of our albums. And Nice. Just thought it would be good to to put myself on the chopping block a little bit and, you know, and then ease into to having other people's work be talked about on the show. Um, yeah. So they see what they're getting into <laughs> when they submit <laughs> cues for us to talk about um, the next time we do that. So uh, without further ado, uh, we're just going to play it all the way through. It's called Terraformality.
Damn. I really like it. It's cool. Um, there are a lot of elements I really dig of it. First off, love always love beefy hits. Don't care if it's a horror thing. I like beefy hits. It's always going to be relevant. I don't care if it's a cartoon. I don't care if it's horror. Beefy hits is like number one. <laughs> yeah. Checked. Two has this really cool uh, like umlaut. Oh, oh, oh. You know. Yeah. So what? Like what? I think I was trying to do a cue for this, but I'm not a great composer. It's not really my thing. I'm a publisher <laughs> and a producer. So I was working on some drones and some signature sounds. And I got, you know, about 30 seconds. I'm like, you know what? Hey, Joe, you want to work on the rest of this? <laughs> and then so he took it over and, you know, fleshed it out to a full track, did all those beefy hits, added some breaths and yeah. some different things. You know, like there are a lot of really cool elements and elements that I heard that are like really ear candy. There's like this really like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like those um, from my standpoint. And maybe it's just me. And this is just entirely my opinion on stuff. Uh, for me, I always try to think about it as if an editor is going to be cutting this up to hell. Yes. And um, in general from stems, yada, yada. But uh, I would always change uh, rhythmic syncopation of fills and stuff like that. So maybe maybe the same sort of fill because the phrasing kind of sort of loops a little bit while it's ramping up and stuff. But like the hits are pretty much staying into that safe eighth nose dun, 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 until oh. a very little last dun. rise dun, 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 you know like and then it goes into the uh dotted 16th or the triplets mm-hmm. or something at the very end and stuff i always try to like at least from my my customs i do or the customs i sort of make everyone else do i'm like if we're already kind of stuck in this long phrase and stuff let's just vary the, the, each fill even if it's different so as opposed to it being um, four four groupings of eighth notes. I'm like, all right, let's two, do two groupings of eighth notes. Let's do two grouping eighth notes into two sixteenth notes because next thing you know, the editor might use one or two of those fills, but then they might interchange out stuff. So it's more yeah. like a toolkit. So it's not even so much on your guys' structure because overall, from like a cue standpoint, it's cool. It gets that intensity. I, I can already totally see it in like campaigns like No One Will Save You, you know? Um, but yeah, I always do those sort of things as like a precautionary kind of a precautionary tale to like an editor wanting variance and it uh it prevents them from wanting to ask you what the bpm is so that they can bring in stems from another queue (laughs) you know start layering more stuff in yeah exactly they're like oh this is cool but it has this or it saves them time having to cut up and make you know a fill into something else you know so yeah that's a great point yeah, most of my notes, just and all my composers are going to get PTSD listening to this. <laughs> most of my notes are from a rhythmic standpoint. So it's less like, oh, I think this needs more viola right here. It's right. more like it's talking about the general dynamic and pacing of the actual trailer. So, like, I think that it does, it checks off everything that you would want. Um, but that's just a little bit of the secret special sauce that I would totally do on there because I'm like, if they like this one fill here and they want it throughout the entire thing, they can always Leave cut it. it in themselves. So I might as well give them as many variants to the same thing, you know? Yeah. Great. That's advice. about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it, man. Uh, but overall it was really cool, man. I don't, and from my standpoint, I really don't do horror cues myself. So I, I always, <laughs> all my, all my music that I do always ends up sounding like some like uh constellation based thing. That's pretty much all I do. So, uh so yeah no this is really cool you know both you and joe did a good job 
Thanks. Yeah. So that's uh, we'll try to do some more stuff like that in the future. Actually, throw some audio up and listen to some things. Maybe you know, start digging into some signature sounds or some yeah, all that stuff. You know, I don't think we're gonna start reviewing uh, libraries like. <laughs> 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 I think we want to hit some questions now from some listeners. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll, I'll uh, list out the first question here. And this came from our Discord. Uh, so for those who haven't joined, feel free to. Uh, we'll send out another link for Discord uh, after this episode. Um, and this came from one of our channels called Ask a Question. And this is by Mark Himley. And then this is his question. You ready? You ready for it? Let's hear it. All right. What are your thoughts on someone submitting to a trailer publisher initially as a sound designer and not a composer? Do trailer-focused publishers have a high enough demand for sound design that they would consider signing someone just for some sound design work? Okay. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, there are definitely trailer publishers that focus only on sound design. So yeah. obviously hit those folks up because that's their bread and butter. Um from my personal standpoint, yeah, I like to have sound design. I like to have custom sound design available. Um, we have a library of around a thousand or so right now. It's not the biggest library, but uh, you know, the stuff we focus on is mostly horror and thriller and action. Um, so it's a lot more of those <laughs> those little sounds um, or like organic creaks and you know hits that sound like they would fit in a horror movie um so to answer the question like yeah for sure uh we're always interested to to put out sound design packs as well so i think you're going to be able to find success wherever you go i think you know we're not the only people who do that as long as you're staying eula compliant <laughs> yes please don't send us keep fours hits and call it your sound design and call yourself a sound designer please um you know, it, I think that it's relevant. Any anyone that's in this space, where we're doing, you know, both catalog and sound design, it, you know, I know that for some people it might not feel as glamorous to do, but like in general, it's it's something that everyone always needs more of. And I think that there's never going to be a shortage of demand for really cool sound design, no matter what genre you're making sound design for. You know? Yeah, especially like you said, if it's not out of the box of someone else's. Yeah. Um, <laughs> product, you know, editors and, and, um, trailer producers, they want to hear new sounds. They want to hear stuff. No one else has heard before. The studios want to hear stuff that no one else has heard before. So they're going to want to hear those totally unique sounds. Um, yep. I know. Yeah, sure. A lot of, you know, classic whooshes and, you know, lion roars and all these different things that have been used throughout the ages in trailers, they're still going to have some use. You know, it's like the, um, the Wilhelm scream, you know, like mm -hmm. you're going to hear that in every movie for the rest of your life, but people still want a lot of bespoke, original, unique stuff that is going to catch some ears. Yeah, no, definitely. I think I watched a, uh, a little short documentary on uh, Skywalker sounds mm -hmm. and there was a lady talking and uh, she has this one Easter egg sound. That's like a grinding, like uh, metal thing that's getting destroyed. It's like a scrape and she uses it for everything, whether it's a blaster or if it's like a, a ship falling apart and she uses that sound. So it's like, it talks about really the, yeah, it talks about the versatility of sound design too. Cause you never really know what it's gonna, 
what uh, what's going to get used where, you know? Yeah, great question. All right, this next question is one that um, wasn't sent to us, but I saw it on the Trailer Music Composer Support Group, which is a Facebook group that a lot of us are a part of. And someone was asking um, some questions to the group, and I wanted to get some answers from you and myself, as well as uh, some trailer editors. So the question was, how do you find the cues that you use in your trailers? Do you use keywords, or do you ask uh, music supervisors to pull collections for you? And is there anything that makes a track stand out over other tracks? You know, that's something we talk about all the time is how to stand out from other tracks. So got a couple answers. The first one is from Mike Furman. He is an editor at Buddha Jones. And he said, I found cues in a mixture of ways. Largely the very talented music soups at Buddha pull great songs. Sometimes there's a song in the movie that just screams to be used and you know it will fit tonally and hopefully be a hit with the filmmakers if it makes it that far. In terms of how to stand out, it kind of depends on if it's an overlay to an existing commercial song or a library cue. However, in both cases, I'm looking for it to be dynamic and build really nicely. Secondly, I love a good unexpected signature sound, whether it be a great weird vocal or a brass bend. Something I haven't heard that makes me lean in is always a winner. Um, and Tommy Pitt at AV Squad says... When I'm in a super hurry, I'll just peek at the waveform. If it has good <laughs> dynamics, I'll take a listen. And he says he always relies on his amazing music team. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Waveform, <laughs> waveform, waveform. It is your handshake. It's your cover letter on your resume. It is the first thing that an editor or a music supervisor or anyone, us, is going to look yeah. at when you send us music. Yeah, I remember when uh, we would go to trailer houses pre-pandemic and stuff like that, and we would just hand them a flash drive. They would pop in the flash drive, and they would just pull up the tracks and stuff like that. First thing they look at is the waveform, and and especially if we want to go through ten songs from a new album in a matter of the meeting and stuff like that, he looks at the waveforms and he clicks right before the waveform to see how it leads leans into the big parts and how it leans into the small parts, how it leans into each section, and then he's quickly. A lot of the times, even from a music supervisor standpoint, listening to a new album and stuff, they are just peeking at the waveform and going through and skimming through the big moments of the track to see if there's anything that latches their ear to be, you know, tagged a specific way or anything like that. So waveforms are super important. Um, the brick the brick wall waveform isn't going to do as well as the super, super dynamic with the ebbs and the flows and the peaks and stuff. Um, I think that uh, it's very important. I, that's very it was a very short sentence you said but it was very very important i think that people don't look at it that way yeah it, maybe it should be a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's print dude that that's the next merch shirt is just waveforms it's just uh it's gonna be like our favorite uh trailer track waveform from like dropbox or like disco or something like that yeah it is i mean <laughs> it's super important like you said you've got the brick wall the sausage whatever you want to call it you know you're looking at that and you know it's just going to be loud with no dynamics. Mm -hmm. Or if you see like a bunch of little like tiny blips on a line, mm -hmm. you know, it's probably not super full. And so we're looking for those peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. Yeah. Like I just went through this a couple of days ago. Uh, I got a V1 in and I saw that the waveforms were super big in the first 30 seconds. And then everything else after it never reached that. 
So I already knew I was going to have notes just based yeah. on that waveform of me looking. I'm like, why does the whole first half of this Kick appear? Ass and then the, the yeah, rest appear is louder. Mellow. And yeah, exactly. Why is it so badass and like loud and big? And then it just never reaches that height, even at the very end ramp. You know, it should always in some ways have that back and should have that arc going up, you know? Um Something I've always done, uh, and maybe maybe this is just me basing off of the band writing side of me. Every, every time before, like a big back end, I always have this like Act Two Point Five, where it's just mellow. It's just super super soft because I want time for that waveform to go down before it ramps back up. Because I know that that's going to be something that they're going to see off the top of there. You know, when they're just pulling up the track. So yeah, if something's quiet, it's going to make the next thing super loud. Yeah, exactly. So I make I make them want to miss the big parts. <laughs> yes. So, no, it's really good, man. Yeah, so keep sending in questions. We'll keep getting answers and sharing them with you here. Yeah, no, definitely. I, You know, we always try to figure out ways to sort of differentiate ourselves from any sort of podcast help and, uh, you know, a lot of uh, composer supports and stuff. And it's something that me and Brian really, you know, come into is, not only do we kind of know the stuff uh, front to back, but it's also uh, the support that we have from our clients and our friends in the industry and stuff that are so eager to want to be able to kind of, you know, get this stuff out there. Because at the end of the day, we want everyone to sort of improve and we want everyone to sort of take a different approach in thinking about how uh, trailer music is, you know, just because it is a little bit of a different beast, but I feel like, um, hopefully all these tools and stuff will kind of get your brain sort of thinking like oblique strategies, sort of thinking in a different way about your music. Yeah. Try new stuff and send it out to your publishers. And you know, these editors want the new cool stuff and if they can help us help you, it helps them. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely, man. Well, I think we're about wrapped up my friend. Episode four already done in the can (laughs) ready to roll. Um, you know, so as we say every week, follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, other things. And, uh, you know, please leave us a review on Apple podcasts, five stars. Maybe we'll read your review, write a, write a review <laughs> and we'll read yeah. your review in a future episode. <laughs> if it's a um, four star review, we will definitely not read it. <laughs> if it's a one star review, but it's really maybe interesting, we'll <laughs> maybe we'll read it. Um, but don't do that. And, you know, like, like we said, join the Discord. A lot of good information. A lot of really cool people on there talking about cool stuff. Uh, we will post those links all in the show notes. Yes. And until then, this is Trailer Therapy. Peace. Peace.